0: back to Catching Up David. Tonight is episode 57, Brokeback Mountain. Hello, Hallie.
1: Greetings, David.
0: Hello, Kristen.
2: Guten Abend, David.
0: And hello, listeners. Brokeback Mountain is a 2005 American neo-Western romantic drama film. It's based on the short story by Annie Prue, and it was directed by Ang Lee, and the script was co-written by Larry McMurty and Diana Osana stars Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal, Linda Cardellini, Anna Faris, Anne Hathaway, Michelle Williams, and Randy Quaid. Brokeback Mountain was very commercially successful, grossing $178 million off of its $14 million budget. And I thought that was because Wyoming must have been like super cheap to Mm -hmm. shoot in, but most of the movie was actually shot in the Canadian Rockies in Alberta, Mm. which I guess is even cheaper. Interesting. On the the Wikipedia, it said that Annie Prue actually gave Ang Lee a tour of the real locations in Wyoming, as places where he could go and shoot the film. And he was like, "Nah, <laughs> no, <laughs> no thanks. I don't want to wow. be in Wyoming." Um, Nobody he said it wants was to
1: go to Wyoming.
0: Yeah, he said it was because it was cheaper to shoot in Alberta, which I guess is a thing. Like I've heard that before that Canada is really cheap to to film things, but.
2: Is that why everything's filmed in Vancouver?
0: I think so. I think for whatever reason, if it's a Canadian government subsidy or whatever, but um, yeah, I've heard that it, that that's a thing that you go to Canada yeah. to shoot movies.
1: Good for Canada. Happy for them. yeah. also, apparently,
0: there was a big thing with the sheep, like the government wasn't going to let them bring domestic sheep to the shoot because they could bring diseases and harm the local wildlife. But eventually they were like, okay, you can bring the sheep to one mountain, but you have to to truck them in and out every day. You couldn't leave the sheep there. They were like, no sheep overnight on the mountain. So all those sheep had to get loaded into a trailer and taken out until the next time they were shooting.
1: That sounds like as much of a hassle, if not slightly more than the job that they were hired to do in the movie. Which I was oh, gonna don't, say, don't it
2: sounds exactly... We
1: understand. But we'll get to that. It topic. sounds
2: exactly like Jeff Twist being like, I'm spending four hours of my day commuting, because I gotta go up here, and then I gotta come back down here. And these sheep are like, you're telling me, buddy.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I bet Jake Gyllenhaal drew from that experience when he was
2: recording that scene. It wasn't actually in the script. He just really connected with the sheep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You're big sheep advocate. Keep but it wasn't
1: out. a script because it was in the book which I read.
0: Hallie gets a point. Woohoo! Kristen, did you read the story? I've been busy. Hallie gets another point.
2: Yeah. No, Hallie does not get a point because yeah! I did it. That That's was never points explained work. as being That's a, how a, points a thing, work. Because then I absolutely would have read it out you don't do things,
1: I get them. I also um, was told by my friend Ari that if I tell you it's Groundhog Day, uh, I get a point.
2: You she do not get a point for telling that. it's Groundhog Day. Yeah,
1: well, I did do
2: that, and I took a point. It's in my hand. Also, I would like to see proof that Ari said this, because Ari seems like a delightful person, but she would not try to sabotage me like this. I will take a screenshot,
1: and that will be a proof that I, hang on, uh, that I will send.
2: That will be a proof. It'll be a proof. One One, proof, one whole
0: proof. One proof, please.
2: Bloop. This is not part of the movie, but when, when I first put the movie in, one thing that really, really threw me was that the first trailer was for the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, And it was set to look like a modern-day rom-com or something, just (laughs) with, like, the, the, the voiceover and the clips they used and the fact that they had the Collide song playing in the background that I haven't heard in years. And they were, like, from the same director or producer, I don't remember which, as Bridget Jones's Diary. And clearly they were trying to adjust the trailer to be, like, for the fans of Bridget Jones's Diary. But what's weird is that that doesn't seem... Like that Venn diagram has much crossover between Brokeback Mountain, wow, and so I was very romance. confused. I I guess I've never seen Bridget Jones's Diary, so I can't actually speak with like knowledge about it's
1: it. A but but this isn't, you know,
2: there's no com, but
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> like like I I can see like hey you like romance watch watch these two boys.
2: I guess it just seems. Like, the, the tone was completely that's, uh, different. That's fair enough. Really threw me. That's fair enough. Not not the romance itself. Like, Pride and Prejudice 2005 is a closer match to Brokeback Mountain than the way they tried to present Pride and Prejudice <clears throat> 2005 in the trailer that came before Brokeback Mountain. And I was... It was bananas. Bananas? Absolutely Bananas.
1: I've never heard you use the term bananas.
2: I say things are bananas all the time. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what? Uh, is bananas? I just sent the evidence to the Discord.
2: See it, see
1: it right there. Yeah.
2: Oh, she gets a point from you. Or, like, no, I said that the wrong no. way. You <laughs> didn't <a> point <laughs> said from that the her. opposite
1: way that she <laughs> meant, which means that I get another point because you fucked up your words. I'm at four points. I am going to literally rip out
2: your tongue. I I am at
1: (laughs) Good fucking luck.
2: Also, yeah, no. She just says that you get an extra point from her. Why would three people laugh at it? Are Three people amused. (laughs) (laughs) i hope they listen to this and i hope they feel bad and then they give me points and i get nine starting for the next episode that's
1: they each have to give me three points
2: they're not gonna feel bad hallie yes they will no hang out all the time nobody
1: cares about you
2: that's a lie because my cat cared when it was his dinner time today. And
1: <laughs> he just <laughs> left.
2: That was a different cat, so.
0: <laughs> Brokeback Mountain.
2: Brokeback Broke Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. Okay,
1: well, well, I'm done getting points now because I read, I read the book and I told you it was Groundhog Day. Uh, Brokeback Mountain. Sheep. That sheep. sheep situation sounds awful.
0: Yeah, the sheep situation. Not great. Not great for anyone involved, probably.
1: No, not even the sheep.
0: Yeah. Ruckback Mountain was also incredibly popular with critics, wanting up on many top 10 film of 2005 lists and being, and uh, it won three Oscars for best, er wait, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's not right. Mm-hmm. And check. it won three Oscars for best director, best score and best adapted screenplay, seven golden globe nominations and nine British Academy awards. There was some controversy, including in my notes, because I wrote that it won Best Picture, but it didn't win Best Picture.
1: It oh, lost it Best
0: Picture to Crash, which I've heard is not a good movie. I've never seen I Crash.
1: Have not seen Crash.
0: But I've heard that a lot of people were upset that Brokeback didn't win and that Crash won instead.
2: According to the IMDb trivia, which is where I get all of my knowledge. I wanted to go back and find this clip on YouTube because I don't know if I believe it, but it says that supposedly there is an audible gasp when Crash is announced as Best Picture because people really thought it was going to be Brokeback Mountain. That's really funny. They said, give us the
1: Cowboys. The Oscars are hack anyway. Yeah. Always give the Cowboys.
2: Yeah, Hallie, I how'd like you cowboys. feel
1: about this? You love cowboys. I love cowboys. I liked watching the cowboys do their cowboy stuff. Uh, it is more realistic cowboying than most of the cowboy, the media I consume/slash makeup. So I was like, wow, cowboying is actually really hard. It's the, all those sheep yeah. and 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 uh, and the livestock and being around for the heifers when they have calves and. Uh, riding on bulls. The rodeo is optional for being a cowboy, but, like, I was like, man, I know that they live this way because it's the life they were born into, and I was just like, ranching sucks. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. They
0: don't get paid all that much.
1: No. And... They just move from ranch to ranch. Like, it's... Uh... Yeah. Even you in, know, it's...
0: in the story, Kristen, you wouldn't know because you didn't read the story, but yeah. in the story, there's a lot more detail about cowboy life
1: oh yeah they use uh, vernacular they uh, the author uses vernacular all the time which is great because i had no idea what she was talking about for most of it but i really like that i didn't know Mm -hmm. you know it just it was it was cool and i had the cool cowboy language anyway cowboys get a big thumbs up i liked their clothes i liked their hats and i liked uh that jake gyllenhaal started with the jean shirt and the jeans I like their coats. Cowboys. Jake are very Gyllenhaal did have a
2: lot of good coats. He Had a lot of good coats. Not, especially when Ennis was standing in his closet mm. and there was like a plaid coat that I didn't remember seeing Jake wearing. It's possible that he did, but I was focused on like the plot or something. I don't know. And I the was emotional like, oh my moment God. that happens when Ennis yeah. opens
1: Jake Gyllenhaal's closet, not uh, not Jake's. <laughs> Got jack god jack jack's closet i'm gonna do that jake
0: gyllenhaal a lot tonight yeah
1: yeah it's his own fault for having a similar name it is it really is he should have thought of that before he did that and before he took all those sheep up the mountain
2: this is why taylor swift wrote all too well
1: <laughs> because of this is crimes. exactly why that time <laughs> they took all that sheep that time she called him jack she that, was like, that fourth Jake. time she called him Jack. She was like, Jake, this is no way to live your life. This
2: is no way to ruin mine. Yeah, pretty much. And he's like, that movie came out several years ago. You should have moved past this. And she's like, Jack, Jake, I'm trying. <laughs> All we have is broke back.
1: That's I it. Broke back.
3: That's it.
1: That's, That's it. it. It's sad. Anyway, uh, props to the movie for showing what I assume to be realistic cowboying.
0: Yeah, I don't know much about cowboying, but I trust any Prue to write in depth about it. Yeah. The whole, the whole collection is full of its, um, so Brokeback was originally uh, a short story, which is not actually all that short, <laughs> but...
1: It's 55 pages.
0: It's a, it's, it's, a like, sizable, it's a sizable it's like little story.
1: Just shy of a novella, I would say. Yeah,
0: but it was um, originally published in a book called Close Range Wyoming Stories, which is great. And I've taught stories out of that before when I was in grad school and, and teaching undergrads. Um, but lots of cowboy stories in that book. Lots of stories that are kind of sad and poignant. Not all about, not all about cowboys falling in love. But uh, then
2: what's the point
0: then what's the point but it's really good it's a really good collection if if you liked the the writing at least even if like it was kind of a bummer and you're interested in reading more about cowboys close range I recommend it let's do the plot summary because I forgot to do that so in case it's been a while since you've seen it Brokeback Mountain is the story of Ennis Del Mar and Jack Twist two cowboys in the 1960s who find themselves working together herding sheep one summer on the titular mountain in Wyoming. The two become close, and one night, Jack invites Edison to his tent where the two have sex for the first time. The summer the two spend together creates a lifelong bond between the men, who meet up over the next 20 years to hook up and spend time together, putting strains on their marriages and work lives. When Jack dies, Ennis travels to meet his parents and offers to take Jack's ashes to be scattered on Brokeback Mountain as he wished, but his parents refuse. Still in Jack's closet, he finds a shirt from that, a shirt of his from that summer that Jack has kept layered inside one of his own shirts in the back of his closet, which is really cute. Ennis Mm -hmm. takes the shirt with him and keeps it in his own closet and everything is poignant and sad. Brokeback Mountain. Poignant and sad. Yeah, the woo you?
2: was not because I disliked the movie. The woo was just because it's it's sad, so I can't have a lot of enthusiasm.
0: Yeah, it was more of a, it was a more of a muted woo than usual. Yeah. Yeah. So how'd the uh, the personality quiz go?
2: Yeah, this Hallie, one, how did it go?
0: As, as personality quizzes go, this one had a bit of personality to it.
2: It did.
1: Yeah. yeah, I did have some personality.
0: It was a it was a pretty good one this time. Like silly
1: answers, but I was like, yeah, I'm having fun. It
0: didn't it didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. It had like interesting questions sometimes.
1: There yeah. were only eight of them. I like a nice quick one. Yeah. So
0: who'd you get, Howie?
1: Me? I got I got Lorene Newsom. You do not have time for this. You put your best foot forward and you always look camera ready. You're used to being in the spotlight. You'll do whatever you have to do. You'll do... what? (laughs) You'll do whatever you have to do to get... There's a typo in this and I was reading too fast so I stumbled across it. But that's this quiz's fault and not mine. You'll do whatever you have to do to get what you want. You're used to getting your way and you tend to throw a fit when that doesn't happen. But why shouldn't you? You deserve it all, oh, baby. Yeah, I do. I was yeah. happy with Lorene because you know I don't got time for this. I got things to do. I got tractors to sell. I got cool hair to have. Yeah. I got, you know, I got cowgirlin to do. Is her hair barrel, cool? Some barrel
0: racing, barrel yeah. riding. Yeah, I, I got. don't what it's called. Barrel racing. Anne
1: Hathaway to be like that's 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 where I'm at, Lorene, Lorene Newcomb.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who'd you get, Kristen?
2: Newsome. I, I got that. the best answer. I got Jack Twist. Damn it! Ha ha! And I like that the quiz summary was like, you're probably here to see if you're Jack Twist, but life doesn't always work that Just way. Just you're for me! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the summary says, You're a sweetheart, but you have a hard time standing up for yourself. You oftentimes find yourself wondering, How did I get here? You're endlessly loyal even when it's not. Not in your best interest. You're affectionate and kind, and you make friends with everyone you meet. Like Beth, I am the best of us. I don't know. I don't know about that one. It's true, though. It's really gross, though, that we got a married couple. Yeah, that is gross. I was
1: just thinking that, even though (laughs) they're not really destined to be together romantically. They
2: don't actually, like... Care about each other nope. in the long term. It's just like convenient because, you know, divorce is a process. Yeah. But I.
1: But at least, you know, I didn't get the actual romantic counterpart. That's true. To Jake all.
2: David, yeah, it, you who did get? you get?
1: I got Ennis Del Mar. Yeah!
2: Yes! <laughs> got a romantic.
1: I was hoping for that.
0: It says. You're tough as nails, except secretly, no you aren't. You pretend to be a lone wolf, but really you'd like someone to be out there herding sheep with you, especially a nice cowboy who looks like Jake Gyllenhaal. You have a hard time expressing how you feel, but when you do that, means you really mean it. You also have a collection of 50 of the fl- same flannel shirt. <laughs>
1: it's a good flannel shirt. Yeah. Ennis! 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 We and all got us. three different results. That's great. Look at it us go! Oh, I got man. the best one though. We
0: did. We're a we're we a love did. triangle this week.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, problems. listeners.
0: Yeah. So seeing it for the first time, I really liked it. I think I'd probably give it Good. somewhere around in eight, eight and a half, something like
1: that.
2: That's so hot. It's definitely, David. Like,
1: it's worth it. It's worth it. It deserves it. It's it's an objectively good movie. Yeah,
0: the writing's really good. Yeah, like the best the best parts of it are lifted kind of directly from the short story, which is also mm. phenomenal. And if you haven't read it, I would recommend it.
2: Hear you know um, that, Hallie? If you haven't read it, he recommends it.
0: Yeah, and even if you have, maybe uh, maybe go and reread it. I I had read it before in college, but it's been a long long time since I had read it so it was nice going back to it and it sticks with you too that's that's Mm -hmm. part of the thing like there were a lot of scenes and even like language that I remembered pretty explicitly from last time I read it when I was you know 20 probably so um, and
1: actually uh I watched the movie for the first time, like, I'm sorry, David, I cut you off. No, you're you fine. You probably weren't done with your story.
0: No, I, I'm i done.
1: Okay, I'm gonna tell my thing then. Uh, I first watched the movie for the first time like a year or two ago. Longer than that. It was before the pandemic. S- several years ago I saw the movie for the first time. Um, and then I read the book before watching it for this, for for this. And I was surprised by how many times I'd see I'd read a scene in the book and be like, "Oh, I remember that from the movie." So my reference was the movie first rather than the book, but like the movie did a good job of taking what seems to be the most poignant stuff from the book and putting it on the screen. It seems to be a really faithful adaptation,
0: yeah, definitely. And like there are a few scenes that are new to the movie, um mm-hmm. and they're they're mostly. I don't know if they're the most memorable for him. like. I mean, there is the scene at Jack's Thanksgiving where he yells at his. That's I was about. about I was going to bring up Jack's football?
1: Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's my favorite scene.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a new one to the movie. Um The, yeah. en- the ending where he meets with Alma Junior, and she tells him that he's, that she's getting engaged. That's new as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Though the very end, like the really poignant thing, where he looks at the postcard at Brokeback Mountain and the shirts in his closet, and is like, "Jack, I swear, like that's from the story."
2: That's that's yeah.
3: Yeah. So. Oh, so,
2: question. Because yeah. maybe there was a point in the movie and I just didn't pick up on it. But, you know, he says, Jack, I swear. But it, it almost sounds like there should be more or he's referencing something specific earlier that Jack was like, swear that you'll remember or something. But I don't remember that. Is there a point in the book where that happens? And so this is more that final line is a callback to it?
0: No, I don't... so at the... um. At the end, he says... It, in, in the book, we get more of his interiority, like, because, mm-hmm. and this is our point-of-view character. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, it, it says something like, he says, Jack, I swear, but he wasn't someone that actually made, like, that actually swore on things and mm-hmm. wasn't sure what he was even going to say after that, like, what he was going to swear to Jack about yeah. like, it. it's it's hard to pick up in the movie, Mm -hmm. um but in in the in the story it does go a little bit more into like he's gonna swear something to jack but he doesn't even know what he's saying or what he's he's going to but he just he really he's he's yearning he wants something there for jack
2: he's yearning
0: so that's that's all that is yeah there's there's not a Mm.
2: a, it's not supposed to be it's not a callback yeah okay
0: and the story, it does, like, cover more time, too. Like, I feel like Jack is, or that Ennis is much older in the story in the present day. Um, He, at the very beginning, he's finishing up a job and he's, like, out of money again because he's always out of money. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, maybe I'm going to have to move in with one of my married daughters. So, like, we're far enough along that Alma and or Jenny? Was that the Jenny. other one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one or both of them have already gotten married and that he's thinking like, well, I guess I might have to, you know, sleep on the couch at, at Alma's place. But okay. because the story goes into more of the passage of time and what Ennis' character is like and has more interiority, like, it's able to do those things. Where in the movie, like, I did sort of enjoy him meeting with Alma junior at the end and her Mm. telling him that he's that she's going to get engaged for instance like that seemed like a happy medium between what the story is doing and what um can actually work on screen so i don't know it's really sad
3: yeah (laughs) it's really really sad sad.
0: it's really sad like you feel you wind up coming away from it feeling like in a just world jack and ennis would have wound up ranching together forever which is something they both clearly wanted only Ennis, right. like, Ennis is just too afraid of getting beaten to death with a tire iron right. for loving like, another can, man. can you blame is... him after
2: his dad was like, this is what happens to gay men. Whoa. Yeah, and who who can
1: fault him for that one? Like, Rogue Mac Mountain is an exhausting movie. That's why I took a nap afterwards, because I just feel so bad for every single character at just about every single time during the movie. Like, Jack and Ennis, they can't be together. But because of that, like, Alma goes through a hard time. And, like, Lorene's not getting the best of Jack. And, like, the kids suffer because their dads are, you know, off secreting away all the time. And it's just, like, it affects everybody. It's just really, really sad. And if the world was just, none of this would have happened. They Nobody would need to be together. Sad. The fights wouldn't have happened. It, everybody could have been happier and better off. Yeah, yeah, the
2: last bit of the movie was literally just, like, a steady... Like, every couple of minutes, there would just be, like, one lone tear that spilled over, and I didn't even have the heart to wipe it away. I was like, yeah, this is sad, and I have to leave it be.
1: And they have that huge fight before he dies, the you know? Yeah. That's, like, the last time they see each other, and they're just both... They're just so tired, like, it, it's hard enough for, like me as an adult to see my friends and loved ones and like schedule like scheduling is so hard as an adult so imagine trying to schedule all these week-long trips that you need to like plan ahead of time for and pretend are just fishing trips to everybody around you like yeah it's so tiring it's so exhausting
0: and jack has to drive like 14 hours every time. time like each way probably Every time he mm-hmm. wants to go
1: and see Ennis, yeah. and that one time when he thought he thought Ennis was like, "Oh I'm my God, I'm ready to go." Heart. I feel so bad. I feel so bad because, like, like this, is like the situation doesn't change for Ennis. He's still afraid of being beaten to death, and he's still got his daughters. But like, I can see why Jack would think that, and would drive all that way so it's just it's just really sad it feels like a mini breakup even though it's not like the like so many scenes in the book and the movie feel like mini breakups that aren't breakups and it just it just makes me sad
2: it's just a heartbreaking moment because not only are jack's dreams Being crushed because you know he goes and Ennis is like, no, that's not what this is. But then he doesn't even get the whole like, okay, well since I drove up all this way, you know, we can at least maybe spend a weekend together or something. Yeah, because Ennis's kids are there, and so he doesn't want to be in that situation. So Jack just has to leave, and so it's just it's double bad because he it was just a, a bad situation and there was miscommunication and. Then the kids were there, and I'm like, oh my god. So when he was crying in the car, I was like, same, Jack. I am crying with you in the car. (laughs) I know. And it's
1: just like, nobody did anything wrong, you know? Like, nobody's ever
2: really at fault. No, Ennis was just saying, like, oh, here's a life update. I got divorced. Yeah. And Jack, you know, given the fact that they have had all these secret rendezvous, um... You can see why he's like, okay, Thunderbirds are go. Ranch plan is happening. Well, yeah. So it, there's no one at fault. It's just sad. It's just sad.
1: Yeah. And I feel like so many things are just sad without it necessarily being anybody's fault. Like, Ennis marries Alma because he doesn't think he's he can be with Jack, you know, and they mm-hmm. lose touch for the four years. And, like, it makes sense that, like, Jack would try to hit it off. It makes sense that either of them would try to hit it off with any woman to, like, pass yeah. in 1963 or whatever year it was. And, I, I don't know, like, you try to make marriages work sometimes. Sometimes they're just about convenience's sake. But, like, it totally sucks for the women. But that's not the woman's fault. It's not Ennis and Jack's fault either, it's really. Society's it's society's like, fault. It's all, it is just, it's a... It's a It's a, it's a, what is the line? It's a bitch of an unsatisfactory situation.
2: I wrote that down when they said it, because I was like, God, what a line. What a Yeah, that's from the book.
1: Yeah. It's It's a great line.
2: But I think, I don't know. I know, I like Ennis, but he's very closed off. So sometimes Mm -hmm. it was hard not to be like, Ennis, I just want to punch you in the teeth or like shake you or something. But... Jack, I especially felt so bad because you could see when he was, like, at bars, um, romantically or not, you know, he would try to talk to people there and just make a connection. And it just felt like he couldn't. And he clearly was trying so hard to, like, get Ennis out of his head that whether it's with Lorene... Or the the one guy who was another rodeo person. The rodeo clown? Yeah. Yeah, who, whatever. And it's like, he's just, he just is looking for, like, someone and can't get Ennis out of his head. And holds on to that for years. And I feel so bad for him. And I just, they both deserve, like, great big hugs. But because Ennis, you know, shoves his feelings down you don't see as much that he needs a hug, which does not make him less deserving of a hug. I'm just saying that like, I have a big old bleeding heart for Jack because I right. am Jack.
1: And like, I, oh, whatever. In the in the scene when he's, Ennis has like something like, we can't keep going like this, or Jack was like, I had a better plan once. Mm-hmm. And it's like so frustrating because he did, but it makes sense that Ennis didn't want to do it. But and. Oh. That's yeah. my that's my general yeah. reaction when watching Brookback <laughs> Mountain.
2: Yeah. Uh. And and I feel so bad too because Jack mentions it multiple times. We see mm-hmm. him multiple times say, like, we could just get a ranch and we could do this or even you know, obviously he wants his own ranch, but even at the end of their first summer together, when he's like, hey, you coming back here next summer? And then at the next summer, goes back and is like, hey, has Enes Del Mar been here? Like, he clearly just wants to be with him and tries pitching this so many times. And he yeah. just keeps getting shut down. And I'm like, Jack, hon, you're trying so hard. It's and he's just, like... Society <sighs> is being garbage, so you guys can't just be together the way you want to be together and then Ennis had this, you know, traumatic experience with his dad being like, "Hey, this is what happens when you're gay." And he even said like it's possible his dad even did it or partook in the murder of that one guy. Mm. Yeah. So, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah.
0: So, most of what I knew about this movie before I mean, other than, like, the plot, because I had read the story. But it would sort of become a bit of a meme, just like, it's the gay cowboy movie. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't know, do you think it's like that, just because it's uncomfortable for some people to confront masculine love?
1: Uh, My theory is actually, it's so sad that referring to it as the gay cowboy movie makes it just a little bit more
0: slightly more uplifting.
1: Right, like, oh, I can have fun with this movie when I refer to it as the gay cowboy movie outside of the moments I am watching the movie and being sad. But that also might be me giving too much credit to humanity in general. That's how I take it. That's why I refer to it as the gay cowboy movie, because that makes me happy, because I like cowboys. But, I mean, yeah, I know that it was, um... Like... I wasn't super aware of it when it came out, but I know that other classmates were, and there were a lot of, like, snicker-snicker moments, but they seemed more because it was like a sexy movie, and it was also, you know, I don't think it's the first time a gay couple has been shown explicitly on screen, but, like, it it was big. They showed two men making out, and and people were like... It was a big deal but i was also a teenager i think when it came out and so all my peers were also teenagers which is just not the best time
2: no teenagers are something
1: they you know how you know how they are so like i knew my memories of it in a contemporary sense are muddled by the terribleness of high schoolers and the fact that i didn't care about it at the time
2: yeah i was worried about what anybody else was saying I was a wee sprout when it came out. I was 11. So this was like not at all a movie that I had any interest in because I was like, I don't know, give me one of the cheaper by the dozen movies. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so like not the same camp. But I do remember and I, I don't know if this is because it was one of the first, not first, but like one of the more prominent uh, gay love stories at the time, or if it's just because, you know, I was 11 and starting to become slightly more aware of things outside of my own personal interests, such as Cheaper by the Dozen. I don't know. I remember thinking, like, this is different. It's not a movie I want to see because it's old people and they're cowboys Mm -hmm. and who cares? But... It did seem... Wait, you eff-
0: thought they were old people?
2: Yeah. When I'm 11 and I look at Jake Gyllenhaal, who was like 25 when he filmed this, yeah, he's old to me. Not now. And yet because they're both
1: younger <laughs> than Martin me. Martin in Cheaper by the Dozen is yeah totally acceptable.
2: Yeah, some of those people were like, a year older than me, and younger.
1: I guess, I mean, some of the kids, but they're not the main characters in Cheaper by the does it. This isn't about Cheaper <laughs> by the it Doesn't. It's, it's fine. We'll have to watch that someday, we though. We will.
2: It should be on the list. But, it should be on the list. So, I mean, I wasn't really aware of it, but I'm sure, yeah, there probably were awful things of people being like, haha, gay, love, cowboy movie, just because people are like, lol, homosexuality, and that's bad. Yeah, But... I think maybe now, I think if people were, like, if I were to say it's the gay cowboy movie, i say it with affection.
1: Right. Like, it's turned into an affectionate thing. And I even sensed, from what I remember, like, the memories to me were maybe not so much homophobic as, like, this is a sexy movie. LOL sex. That LOL be... taboo sex as well. Like that, Like, that, for me, was where all the jokes came from. It was, like, a new kind of taboo R-rated movie or whatever that you were, like, really adult if you saw and do how to make jokes about and stuff. But, again, that might just be being given too much credit to people. No. I wouldn't be surprised looking back on it. Uh, That's true, true, though, because, like I
2: said, I did see Brokeback Mountain, but I was, like, in seventh or eighth grade or something, and we played it at a sleepover. Someone else put it on. I don't know. And, I mean, I don't remember my exact thoughts at the age of, like, 12 or 13, but I think if there was any sense of being uncomfortable with it, it was more so just like, oh, my God, I am too young to be watching a movie that has a sex scene in it. This is scandalous. I would like to think it was not because there were two men, but... I I think yeah most of it at that uh, young of an age is like uh this is clearly adult content and I am not yeah. yet an adult so some of it could have been like Hallie said snicker snicker because haha this is a thing that is taboo for us at this age
1: and I think I think a huge part of why it was so big too was that the movie is a serious movie like it's it's a high it's an eight and a half movie it's like a it's like a cinematic movie that won 3 Oscars it's like a really really good film that took itself seriously and depicted how sad homophobia is so i think that like that weight affected how it was taken to because i feel like it was probably the first time some of my peers were exposed to the idea of it as a legitimate relationship between between two men. I don't remember what my point was when I started. I I
2: think I can see what you're saying, because at that point, maybe if cuz you know certainly like disney disney now barely wants to acknowledge anything lgbtq and that's after, no, like, but every single of movie pushing
1: has it. like the first disney lgbtq the first character gay in something it. Like,
2: every single one for the last 5 years it's exhausting and they uh, never actually commit to anything but no. anyway so like clearly when you are growing up if you're if you're growing up around Disney movies, you're not getting any sort of exposure to this. And then when you hit that middle school teenage age, you're starting to watch more like comedies that are sort of raunchy. And so I can see what you're saying in the sense that if people have mentioned like a gay relationship, even in a positive way, it was probably in a comedy where there were at least a couple like digs at it or like
1: right, jokes where made it was about like about
2: it. So even it... if it was a good thing, you're still laughing with slash at it, but I think yeah, maybe this was the first time that people were like, Oh no, this is a legitimate love story. It's a good thing. Um but you know, there there's no there's no punchline here. Right. And and they're not like the
1: funny gay friend Yeah. Who 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 uh supports the female protagonist or whatever. Yeah. Like
2: Yeah. The, so I don't know um, if that's
1: what you
0: were saying, but yeah. Yeah, the Wikipedia does note that it was one of the the first like big gay movies that broke into the public consciousness. Like Good there there Park Park had obviously Mountain. been movies that depicted gay relationships before, but mm-hmm. this was like the big one that made a splash. That one kind of opened the door for other I don't know, sl- at least slightly more mainstream things, and I think part of that is probably because like it's got Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal and like Anne Hathaway, right. and, like it has it has a big really big name cast too, and like you know people that moviegoers would recognize from other things before, and the script is really good, and like yeah. you know, and the direction is really fantastic, and. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, n- not to say that, like, other movies in the past, like, that wasn't a thing, that it wasn't well directed or whatever, but, like, there were just so many things that came together for this movie that really propelled it and maybe even just, like, gay stories a little bit more into the mainstream. And, like, in 2005, that was definitely much more part of the public conversation too like I'm trying to remember but like I think like don't ask don't tell was still like law at this point and like there was a lot of pushback against that and a lot of um, strides being made for much more equal rights like you can probably google this I I should have prepared a little bit more (laughs) and and google this first but like yeah I think this was just like part of it is also like the the timing of it like it it came at a a time in America slash the world where it was poised to make a, a big impact
2: uh two things that you said reminded me of something one you said that there were a lot of big names and I think that was also now that you mentioned it uh part of my like scandalized reaction when I saw it when I was younger because it had Anne Hathaway who at that point I had only seen as Princess Mia and so at some point you're seeing her like topless in the car making out with Jake Gyllenhaal and I think I was like oh my what this what Princess Mia so I think that was part of it and then two on a different note um, one thing that I thought was cool and granted I'm not gonna lie and say that I know how things work behind the scenes at MTV but This was nominated at the MTV Movie Awards for Best Kiss. And maybe it was truly just sort of like throwing a bone at the LGBTQ community. Maybe it was because the movie was doing so well and making such a big splash that they felt like, oh yeah, well we have to uh, include this one. Or maybe they were just genuinely trying to be supportive. And then I don't know how voting works for that, but it won. And so Jake Gyllenhaal accepted the award. And usually, I think the, like, tradition, quote-unquote, is to have, if the stars are there, they, like, recreate the kiss or something, but it it was just J. Gyllenhaal there. But still, I think that's very cool that in 2005 or 2006 or whenever those awards were that this was nominated and won, because I can see it being nominated, but, like, if someone told me, do you think this would win the Best Kiss Award in 2005, I would say, nope, probably not, but it did.
1: And I think, too, that, like, to, to, to my, to my knowledge, Jake and, uh, Jake and Heath, when he was alive, are both straight, or at as least As far as I know. I don't, I don't know their personal lives, but at least, like, a straight assumed, straight assumed actors
2: mm-hmm.
1: were cast as a gay couple and, like, took the roles seriously, you know, and, like, really went at it. Which I think is is cool. So like a lot of people were like, oh, well they should have had like real gay people in the role. It's not it does, it's, it doesn't feel quite the same as casting like real POC people mm-hmm. instead of not POC people for POC characters. Um, but and I and I get the point. Obviously, obviously uh, th- that kind of thing shouldn't affect whether you are casted or not or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like but like they're both heartthrobs, Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger both heartthrobs so it was like oh these male i don't want to say role models but like girls had them on their posters you know when they were kind of because the girls liked them like the quote unquote ideal teen idol uh -hmm. to to like you know take on the gay role was like it's good to be gay that feels very pandering but it reminds me of um when gay was used as an insult a lot in high school, and then Hillary Duff did a PSA, where it, she was in like a clothes store, and these two girls were like, I don't like that sweater, it's so gay. And she was like, hey, what's your name? And the girl was like, Christy. And she was, what if I said that's so Christy every time I didn't like something? That's how gay people feel. That wasn't the line that she said. But like, the point was, <laughs> don't say that's gay as an insult, it's bad. So, so, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Heath Ledger, being Jack and Ennis, felt similar to me to the Hillary Duff, hey, don't be bullies, PSAs.
2: I can see that. One, I do not remember this PSA at all, and I loved Hillary That's Duff. That's interesting. So I'm I expected you to. Yeah, I loved Hilary Duff, so I don't mm. know why I don't recall this. But no, absolutely. I mean, think of how many times, you know... People don't even mean to not be aware of something. They just genuinely aren't aware of it. And then you have celebrities do PSAs. And even if it is sort of, you know, just saying, hey, here's a person you like and here's a cause they care about. That's why you should care about it, too. Like, even though that's not why you should also care about it, because Hillary Duff or Jake Gyllenhaal cares about it, it does sort of open the door a little bit to things that maybe you hadn't considered. So, yeah, I think, you know... Yeah, I think you helps. should You should support the LGBTQ community for more than just, I like Jake Gyllenhaal, and he was in that gay cowboy movie. Yeah, obviously. Like, but, like, that... But it, it's a factor. And also, again, I'd, I get all my stuff from IMDb trivia. I do not know who's allowed <laughs> to post things or, like, what the, the, the fact-checking is on this. But according to them, Heath Ledger at the Oscars did not let people make a lot of, like, or really any homophobic jokes because he thought it was demeaning to this really great love story and, you know, taking away from it. And I'm like, yeah, good for you, Heath Ledger, for saying no, do not try to discredit this because it's a good story and you wouldn't do it if it was anyone else.
1: Yeah. Or like a straight couple. You were saying, I never thought about discrediting... I mean, I kind like I I was on the right track, but discrediting being gay by making fun of it all the time in like rom coms or whatever. So yeah. it's 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 good that it takes itself seriously, and then it gets mm-hmm. like quote unquote serious, high profile actors and like people involved with it.
2: Yeah.
1: David, what was your original question that led to this? I don't remember. <laughs>
0: Oh, I don't remember either.
1: I think Oh, it was about it was about do you think we make jokes to cover up intimacy between two men? Yeah. And I don't I don't think we answered that actually. Um I don't know, maybe bad people do.
0: A lot of talks about it. I think I don't know. I I think that it was something I was thinking about a lot while I was reading the the story. And I don't know, there's not a lot of Mainstream really nuanced relationship stories about two men who fall in love, and especially two nope. like
2: cowboys. Cowboys,
0: yeah, like two like very traditional yeah people. Yeah, I, I if you I,
2: if you see a story now, you're almost more inclined to see it in terms of like progressive New York liberal city slickers or something. Yeah, you, you don't expect the. Western cowboys.
0: Right. Like, it's just, there aren't, and I'm sure this is just speaking to, like, my own ignorance and bias. I'm sure that there's actually probably plenty, but none that have really broken through into, like, the public social consciousness that Brokeback Mountain did. Which
2: is just- sad. Well, that's part of why I was saying, because we have our little Discord chat, and so I was saying before this movie that we should have balanced it out, because this is a sad gay love story. So we should have followed it up with a happy gay love story to try to, you know, make things better for our hearts. And that's why I love the movie, I also just love the movie, but love Simon, because... The main character at some point says, like, I deserve a great love story, too. And I'm like, yes, Simon, you do. And so it's really great to see him sort of say, like, if everyone else gets this, why can't I have it, too? Because it's correct. And it, again, isn't as, you know, it wasn't on the same global scale as Brokeback Mountain or anything. It was not, no. But... I think it made a tiny bit of a splash. I don't know. I I had a point. I was starting to say something, and I lost my train of thought. But Love, Simon. Great movie. Highly recommend. Does not break your heart as much as Brokeback Mountain.
1: Love, Simon was, was like, big enough that people were like, oh, another gay movie. Yeah. Which is such a sad sad thing to say.
2: It came out... Hold on. I have the movie literally right here. What year did this come out? And it still... We were like, whoa, a whole a whole movie for the gays? Right, Crazy. like what? We're allowed, or people are allowed to have a, a whole rom-com for us? Where, what year is this? I guess I could pull it up. 2018. Yeah, Man. 2018. And we were still like, whoa, <sighs> so nice of them to throw them a bone and give them a gay love movie. Should not be that rare. Should not.
0: So what are... Um what are some of your other favorite romantic movies like either romantic comedies or like dramatic movies like this? Would you count Hmm. love Simon as one of your favorites Kristen?
2: I would um I didn't used to I was just telling someone this how for like many years I wasn't really buying movies or anything because I didn't really re-watch movies and it's only within the last I don't know four or five years that I've started re-watching movies more because, you know, you like it and you want to see it again. And rom-coms are just a little balm for the soul. So romantic movies, definitely Pride and Prejudice, which we watched. Uh, love that one. Love, Simon. I adore. The book was a lot of fun, too. I listened to the audiobook. The Duff is another little rom-com that... <laughs> I don't think like most of the population has seen, let alone, or like has heard of, let alone seen. It's not particularly popular, but I do like it. And then, romance, romance, romance. I like he's just not that into you, which someone suggested to us as a yeah, movie I we love. Watch. He's just not that into you, and I feel like it's a movie that you almost expect because it came out when I was in high school. I think it was. I was a sophomore, so it was, like, 2010. And or maybe a freshman. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it came out, and you could almost see it as a movie that doesn't age well, just because, you know, rom-coms, you know.
1: They don't often age They try to have, well.
2: like, the male lead be like, I'm here to save the day, but it's real easy for it to turn south mm-hmm. uh, as times progress. But he's just not that into you. Still pretty much holds up. And... Yeah just as time goes on I realize that I am Gigi yeah Gigi's great so that is not a bad thing but I am Gigi so I tend yeah I tend to watch more if it's going to be a romance it's going to be more on the rom-com side than the dramatic side with the exception of the 2005 Pride and Prejudice I also, because I love heartbreak and sad things, I do love In Little Women, another movie we watched, uh, just the, the, the weird little love triangle that I at first was very dissatisfied with between Joe and Amy and Lori. But I like When My Heart Splits Into Two. So when Lori's like, I've loved you since the day we met, and Joe's like, no you don't, I'm like, oh my (laughs) god, this is too much for me. Um, That was a really long answer to, like, your fairly brief question, so I apologize. Hallie, on to you. Okay, so
1: for... I don't go for dramatic romances that much either or if i do i can't think of them in this moment besides jack and rose from titanic oh my i God, like how them because they're sad and jack is great <laughs> jack and is he great. saves rose in more ways than one
2: this is and- just another movie where jack dies ah! <laughs> why would you say that <laughs> i actually thought of this last night and like almost texted it but it was like 11 30 and i was tired
1: minus points or just yeah, give me those, more.
2: No, you out out those show
1: five. Um, five. But I, but my romances are so they're not from. Um, well, one is from a TV show rather than a movie. But there's this great show called *Miraculous Ladybug*. It's a cartoon, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch it to all the listeners because listen, listen, listen. Marinette is the main character, and her superhero alter ego is Ladybug. Marinette has a crush on Adrian. Um, And Adrian's superhero persona is Cat Noir. So Cat Noir has a crush on Ladybug, but because Marinette has a crush on Adrian, she keeps turning down Cat Noir every time he makes a move. And Adrian keeps not flirting with Marinette because he's pining for Ladybug. It's called the Love Square. It is very entertaining. I love it a lot. It's very frustrating to watch people turn down dates with the person they end up going on a date with. Like, there's a whole episode where they, like, stand each other up, but it's okay, because Cat Noir and Marinette end up having a date, but they don't, they don't know. It's complicated to explain, but it's really, really satisfying. And I like it a lot. So far, they haven't gotten together together, uh, but, you know, it's gonna happen one day, and it's very satisfying to watch the teenagers bumble around a little bit before they get to that point. Uh, And then my other one is, um, so Persona 4 is um, a very problematic game and I can't wholeheartedly recommend it because it is just so problematic. But one of those is that originally a male character named Yosuke was available for romancing. uh, And then they decided to cut that romance route without changing any of the dialogue or cutscenes leading up to the romance route, they just took out the ability to click yes I want to date Yosuke in the game, meaning there is all this unresolved romantic tension between the player character and Yosuke, and I love them together. Most people ship ship the, the Persona 4 protagonist and Yosuke Hanamura, which is correct, it feels like the game wants you to date Yosuke. Like it feels like the game wrote it with Yosuke in mind instead of writing a story where there are multiple characters you can choose to date visual novel style it's very very frustrating that um that you have to like download a mod to be able to date yosuke in that game but i really like them together so again okay, but that, again that's a relationship that i get a lot of my content for from like fan creations like fan art because the game didn't give it to me the original source didn't give it to me and i feel like a lot of media now that I'm thinking about it, I just decide I ship two characters and then I look up other people who also ship those two characters. Is there a the dramatic thing that I like? I'm sure there are, but I can't think of them right now. Anyway, Miraculous I... ladybug is great and everyone should watch it. It's fun.
2: David, what are your uh, the romance things that you go to? You don't like fun movies, so what <laughs> sad things do you enjoy?
0: What sad things do I enjoy? Well, actually, the... Uh, that's not true. I was going to say the three that I had pulled up were all romantic comedies, but that's not true. Because one of them is Angels in America, which isn't really a comedy at all. (laughs) It's a six-hour HBO miniseries, um, which actually came out in 2003. So maybe everything I said about Brokeback Mountain being the breakthrough gay drama was incorrect. Because Angels in America, um is also a sad gay love story <laughs> that um won like a million awards it won like literally everything that you could possibly win as an hbo miniseries and
1: interesting i keep saying that i'll watch it and then i don't do that I thing
0: may just make you watch it next time that i have a movie to choose oh that's cause, right because uh it's just that good it's super super excellent um but it's, again, it's a sad, it's a sad movie. Like, it, it deals with the AIDS crisis and, like, Reagan-era politics and, like, I don't know. That's, that's, like, a sad big, things. it's just sad stuff, sad things. Like, that's a big part of the, the movie, the, the miniseries, I suppose. But anyways, I also really like Amelie. Amelie is a funny and kind of romantic movie. About Amelie.
2: <laughs> Crazy. I've I've heard a lot of people talk about this movie actually, or I just feel like I hear it mentioned frequently, so I it's, should see it. Really, I'd I have no clue what it's about.
0: It's really cute and quirky, and about a cute and quirky woman who's just <laughs> kind of lonely, and I don't know. It's it's lovely. Like I really, I really. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I re- remember really loving it. And also, When Harry Met Sally, which is... I don't know. That feels
2: very mainstream for you. That does. It feels... This is another body snatcher moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Listeners, I don't know.
2: earlier David said, I'm Gucci. I couldn't get him <laughs> to say it again, but he did it.
1: He did do it.
0: I, I was distracted and wasn't fully aware of what I was saying. Um. Was anyways, great. When Harry Met Sally is fantastic and I've seen it like multiple times like I it's one of those movies that like like I don't usually go for romantic comedies but for some reason the the script is just so good in this one and I don't know I'm I'm always pretty much down for watching When Harry Met Sally.
2: It's a good movie I had not seen it I think I watched it a couple years ago for the first time and then I watched it I don't know maybe a year ago because it had been a while since I've seen it still holds up good movie.
0: Yeah. Really, really good movie.
2: And a surprisingly happy choice, considering it's you.
0: Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, there are some really sad moments in When Harry Met Sally, to be honest, when they're trying to, like, they're, like, trying to decide if they can even be friends anymore, and, like, uh, everyone's heart keeps getting broken, like, Sally gets divorced or whatever, and, like, or no, he's that divorced her. Her ex is getting married.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, and that just um, wrecks her. Yeah. I've
1: never seen Harry Met Sally.
2: You've never when seen Harry when met Harry Sally. Met Sally? I have not. That's weird.
1: Yeah. I I agree. It is weird that I've never seen it.
0: I would recommend it.
1: Okay, I'll think as as a mainstream movie that you enjoy. I'm gonna add that in right before Angels in America.
2: I also recommend it.
0: Yeah. The script is really good. It's, it's really, it's really well put together. And maybe I just like movies that follow people's relationships over many years. Like maybe we had that in Brokeback Mountain, which we'll get back to shortly because that's the movie that we're talking about this episode. But yeah. When Harry Met Sally follows the relationship of these two people from like a decade or more as they like first meet each other in new york and then are like you know they kind of like don't hit it off and then they reconnect later like several years later and it's just like oh yeah i remember you kind of vaguely like we didn't hit it off and then they become friends and a lot of the movie is about like can men and women ever just be friends or is that like like is platonic love a thing that's possible Hmm. um that's a a main question that never really gets resolved anyways you should watch it it's great
1: (laughs) i will i'm gonna watch it
0: um yeah Romances.
1: romances wait can i say one more romance i forgot that's very important yes no listeners listeners Phoenix Wright and Miles Edgeworth, my favorite (laughs) ship of all time. Play the Ace Attorney games. That's, that's, I can't believe I forgot them because I knew there was a couple I was forgetting, but I looked to my left and saw my little, my little figurines and then I remembered.
3: Yeah.
2: See, I'm very distressed because you mentioned that there was like something you were forgetting and I feel like there's something I'm forgetting. Like, I feel like I have a favorite ship and I can't think of it, and it's, it's really distressing me. Because I know I also have, like, shows that have cute couples, or at least cute moments. And I, I enjoy those, but I'm like, oh god, do I have, like, a favorite couple? Who am I advocating for? And I can't think of anything. Um, so maybe I'll circle back to that, or maybe it will continue to evade me. We don't know.
0: So, some other things that we should talk about. We touched on the difficulty of ranching life. Yep. And, like, Jack winds up making a little bit of money, but Ennis is, like, poor his whole life.
2: Yeah, All he, the like, time. constantly is like, you can afford to take off work, I can't, and I'm like, Ennis, I wish I, wish I could help you out. And like, and, like, part of it is
1: because, like, Alma wants him to get, like, a steadier job elsewhere, but he likes the transience so that he can break away to go see Jack. But that also means that he can't afford to take time off to go see Jack because he hasn't built up anything. It's just, it's just I think sad.
2: He also, yeah. I, th- I can't imagine him with like, he doesn't have the personality type of, Oh, I can work at a grocery store as a clerk and do this, or I can sit behind a desk and do this all day. He's such like a solitary yeah. man that I think he really just prefers cowboying, which I know maybe isn't a verb, but that's that's his vibe. That's what he wants to do. And he wants to do it with Jack there, but the sixties are rude. And rude. the seventies and the eighties. <laughs> Just All rude. of Time. Yep. All of time is rude. All of time is rude all of the time. Uh Yeah. <sighs> I thought, uh I know a lot of people said that Heath Ledger did a great job in this. And that's true. Because I was like, wow, this is such a break, for, or such a like, change of pace from your character in 10 Things I Hate About You. And I can't hear his Australian accent at all, so great job. But it infuriated me the way he spoke. My sister said that someone described it as like a closed fist was how he mm-hmm. talked. And I'm like, God, that's so true. He like barely moves his mouth. And the words are like being forced to come out, which I feel like is very, you know, just Ennis's personality. So good on you, Heath Ledger. But I, I was, I wanted, I, I want to be like, speak with your whole mouth, please. <laughs> God. Ugh. But maybe that's because I just like, I don't know. Proceed. What? What's In- interesting?
0: Interesting Heath Ledger fact. Uh, he and Michelle Williams met and started dating on uh, the set of Brokeback Mountain. And then they eventually got married and had had children together.
2: If you look up their daughter, I think her name is Matilda, she looks so much like Heath Ledger. I mean, it's been a while since I looked it up, but I remember seeing a picture of her and thinking, oh wow, that's spooky. Matilda Ledger. Matilda Ledger. (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of side-by-sides. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think when I saw it, it was a couple of years ago. So obviously people like continue to grow into their face right. and it was shortly after Heath Ledger had passed, maybe not shortly, but, um, recently enough that, you know, of course you're going to be like, wow, spitting image of her father, wish he was still here. So yep. they're going to make that direct comparison, but still I saw it and was like, wow, she looks a lot like her father. Oh, yeah, and another thing about how good his acting was here is because even though Ennis's closed fist communication frustrated me, I also was mentally comparing this to his portrayal as the Joker and thinking, oh my God, it's completely different. It is night oh, and yeah. day. Heath Ledger was so talented.
1: He was. He was taken too soon. He was. Yeah, definitely.
2: And then I feel bad because I feel like a lot of this talk is about how Heath Ledger is great and it makes it seem like Jake Gyllenhaal did not do a good job. Jake Gyllenhaal did a great job.
1: He did. He referenced Jake.
2: Yeah, Jake was great. I, just, I wanted, they were both great. I want it to be known that I love them both.
1: You should watch Zodiac. That's not Brokeback Mountain, but Jake Gyllenhaal is in Zodiac I love wa- Zodiac.
2: I watched like 93% of Zodiac one random summer, and I stayed up so late watching it, but it got to be really late at night, and I was very tired, and the movie was stressing me out, and it was the final like 20 minutes, and I was afraid that something was going to happen to Jay Gyllenhaal, so I just Mm -hmm. stopped watching, and I have never finished it. Sounds like the perfect time to do so. Also, I was deeply, deeply disturbed by the stabbing sounds Uh, in the movie. Because I, I've discovered that, you know, sometimes visually I can be like, ew, that's gross. But then you dub it. You you, you get the Foley artist in there and they make sounds. <laughs> and then get it gets, the Foley artist. And it's so much worse. And I'm you you the trivia the and they were like, yeah, they just stabbed a bunch of melons. And I'm like, I'd, it's better to picture them stabbing melons than stabbing a human. But like, oh my God, the sounds together. Ugh, it was yep. bad. Yes, he was very good in Zodiac. He was good in Prisoners. Did anyone see that? No. Oh, that's a good movie. It has Hugh Jackman.
0: I saw Nightcrawler?
2: I did not see that. I have not seen Nightcrawler either.
0: I li- I liked it. It was it was pretty good. I um I watched Donnie Darko a ton in high school. I really enjoyed oh, Donnie
2: Darko. I
0: really enjoyed Donnie Darko. Like which I guess is pretty on brand for me. Yes? But <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen it in a long time but I remember um, I remember really liking
2: that I watched it because I was going through a big Jake Gyllenhaal phase in high school and that was definitely a movie where you google like Donnie Darko ending meaning? <laughs> question mark? and yeah. I remember like once I read that being like oh okay I get it but someone someone had to spell that out for me and i wonder if i saw it now oh no see I, that's the one i watched it and then every now and then i think of that bunny just like appearing as if i was washing my face and then i just like come up like in a neutrogena commercial and then i imagine that the bunny's just standing behind me and i see it in the mirror and every couple weeks i think of this and i saw this movie like 10 years ago and this bunny still haunts me
1: <laughs>
2: that's pretty pathetic it's scary.
1: I've also never seen Donnie
2: Darko. <sighs> the bunny gonna haunt been a... you for the rest of your life.
1: <laughs> Tonight's not been a good night for me admitting things that I haven't seen.
2: Yeah. You're losing so well. a lot of points. You're, like, in the negatives I now. had so many to begin with that it doesn't matter. You actually only started with two. And mm, one of those was because Ari gave it to you, who is, you know, a delight, but she is not... She's a sanctioned a point giver. Um, I don't know. And so you're losing your a lot of points. You're is. literally at like negative seven right now. I don't know what to tell you. That's, I'm at 19. So impossible. negative I've been, seven I've been giving a real
1: number for God's sake. I've
2: been giving a lot of IMDb trivia facts. Yeah. <laughs> And that's really boosting me up. And you haven't been seeing a lot of movies, so you're really being brought down. And David has seen a couple mainstream movies, so he's already but, like flying but, high at forty one. I don't I know how he got there. Been reading a lot of books.
1: Yeah, no. did you
0: read any good stories lately, Hallie?
1: Just Brokeback Mountain. I read Brokeback Mountain. Yeah,
0: Brokeback yeah, Mountain. Yeah, I read point that. Point for one. Hallie.
2: Yeah, no, you already gave her that point. You can't do it again. And also, somebody lost it. You know? Double points.
0: Can we just talk briefly about how unfortunate a name Lorene is?
1: Oh, my oh yeah, God. I hate it. I hate that name. It's really close to Lorraine, which is also a name that I hate, and I, I, I don't want it to exist. I Lorene thought at first. With a
0: U, it... L U R E E N.
1: It's like, it reminds me of Canteen, even though only the EEN part is similar. I don't like it. Or it... I don't like it.
2: It reminds me of the name, and the thing I thought they were saying this at first, Laureen, and I know two people who are named Laureen, they go by Lori, but I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, a name. And then I learned it was Laureen, and I'm like, why? Why would you take a name that's normal and then make it weird and bad? Yeah. I, I...
0: Uh... If your name, also, if you're I... listening and your name is Laureen, uh,
2: we
0: apologize. We we apologize. I just
2: really caught me off guard when I thought it was Lorraine and then learned it's Lourene. Yeah. Lou-reen.
0: Yeah, Lorene. I don't know. It oh, feels me. it feels very like Texas in the 70s or whatever. Or like I guess yeah. it would have been the 50s or the 60s when she was born. But like it's a very
2: Google a very baby Texan. name popularity Lourene 1950s.
0: I I could certainly do that.
2: I guess it'd really probably be the 40s, because I learned, IMDb trivia, that Jack and Ennis are supposed to be like 19 or 20 at the start of the movie in 63. So Google, Lorraine baby name popularity 1943. And see what comes up.
0: It keeps, uh, it keeps wanting me... Google is like, did you mean Lauren? No, I didn't. <laughs> I meant Lorene.
2: You're like, I said what I said. But <laughs> once once
0: Lurine? we
1: sign the petition, Lauren won't be a legally <laughs> recognized name.
0: Lorene was a really great character, though. I, um, oh
1: yeah.
0: I liked. It was interesting having read the story just before watching the movie, because um, they they make a note in the story that Lorene was. On the phone call when Jack calls or when um, Ennis calls her about Jack being dead, that um, Lorraine was was polite, but like also had a really edge had an edge to her voice, and it was interesting was seeing cold. how yeah, yeah how, that she was cold and how um, Anne Hathaway portrayed that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Just there's like I don't know, you can tell that she really. Hates Ennis.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like.
0: Having never met him before.
2: Yeah.
1: It's... Oh, man. oh man.
2: Well, I mean, I don't think anyone would be too happy talking to the person who, if not like, actually confirmed, heavily suspected, is you know. I know. I know. That's uh, uh, with your husband in a romantic, all back, and all cycles back to like it's not really. Anyway. It's
1: fr- it's frustrating for everybody. They can't just be together. It's frustrating
2: for everybody. <laughs> but it was interesting because I was trying to Google something <clears throat> different at the end of the movie, but I saw a quote from Anne Hathaway where they ah, I knocked something over. Um, where they had filmed two different Endings, And I think one was where she's talking about what happened in his injury, which is, you Mm -hmm. know, supposedly the tire rim, something or other, hit him. And that's what happened. And then there's also a different scene that they filmed where she's saying what happened, which is what we see where he's being beaten to death. And so I think she said something about how she doesn't actually know if Lorene knew what happened but my whole th- like granted i don't know how things freaking work in the 80s or whenever he died and i feel like they had to have let them do this but there's no way that like she saw the body and was like oh yeah it was definitely this thing when he was clearly like beaten to death and so i'm sure at that point it's saving yeah face which you know you shouldn't have to do but not saying like oh no they beat him because they realized my husband was gay And that's not good. But yeah, I thought it was interesting because I was looking up something and it made it sound like, oh, was he killed in a hate crime? And I don't see how it could be anything else. The thing I had originally Googled, and I didn't go back to rewind the scene but I went to, um, is, you know, shortly before Jack's death... Well, I don't actually know how many years it was beforehand, but we see him at that party with yeah, um, with David Harbor. There he is. Stranger things. Yeah, and on a Ferris, and you know, David Harbor and Jack Twist are sort of like looking at each other across the table, and they could just be like bros bonding, but you know, in Jack's eyes, I think we're suspecting that he's like, oh. Possibly another person. He rarely gets to see Ennis. We know that he is, at the very least, bi, but probably gay. And it's like, here's another person. And I was wondering if David Harbour's character truly meant it as a, like, oh, we can go fishing sometime, or we can go hunting, and it'll just be like bros being bros. And then Jack took it the wrong way, tried to put a move on him, and then David Harbour's character learned he was gay, and if that's the reason... Jack was killed. It just seemed like I couldn't tell if it was unfortunate timing and unfortunate circumstances and things that really don't actually connect. Or if someone found out and it was a person who Jack maybe thought he could trust and it turned out that he couldn't. So I don't know if the book says anything about that but the movie made me wonder.
1: Um, shoot. the um, I don't think the book pays too much attention to that. Conversation was that in the book at all, David? Actually,
0: the conversation with um...
1: with like the other couple with with um...
0: oh yeah yeah I think
1: their last names like Murphy um, like um, like the wives want to dance and the men won't do it
0: right. That's not in the story. Okay, that's what um, I thought. the The line that the the dad says later when Ennis goes to meet Jack's parents about
3: Mm -hmm. you know.
0: Jack used to talk about Ennis Del Mar and then he talked about this other guy he was going to bring up. This
2: um, other person? Yeah. That
0: is from the story. So I think they kind of invented... Okay. Th- there's there's a lot of like subtle things going on in the story and I think this mm-hmm. is something that they invented for the movie to sort of flesh that out. That, you know, maybe there was this okay. other either relationship that started or this other, I don't know, possibility. You know, there's also yeah, the line actually, that the very least. Jack says that he was having an affair with the other rancher's wife, which is yeah. possible like another, like a third possibility of like, right. this is how Jack wound up getting killed is like he was messing around with that guy who invited him down to the cabin, like that guy's wife. And he found out about that. Like, mm-hmm. um, and That's it's also possible, possible that um, a tire really did explode, and he died. And that Ennis is just sort of imagining the the scene where that that little brief mm-hmm. interlude where yeah, Jack is getting beaten to death. Like the the story is really kind of vague about that. If
1: the story is really really vague. You know, uh, Ennis pieces it together over the phone, but like not in a compelling way for the reader to understand. Like,
0: right, right. It's it's like Ennis's fears all along. Yeah, have sort of bubbled up at this point, And he thinks that maybe that's what happened. But uh, or like he kind of
1: maybe reads between a line the he's... lines a little bit. Yeah, because she says something and he's like, oh, it was a tire iron then. Like yeah. instead of the tire part, the rim or whatever that was supposed to have exploded out. Yeah. Um. So like yeah. I trusted Ennis's read of it because everybody kind of has to say things between the lines and not outright. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh.
1: But like it it could have been like it's it's just like, and I think the sad thing is that it could have gone either way. Not necessarily that. Like obviously it would be sad, if we had a confirmed a confirmed murder. But like it's sad that we also don't really know and Ennis doesn't really know yeah
2: I thought of like oh my god how how horrible would that be because you know even though him and Jack don't talk super often they clearly still care about each other they've kept this up for like two decades now sending a letter and then getting back oh god heartbreaking that just says deceased yeah. like oh my I don't even know what I would do like I remember as I was watching it I was thinking like he's kind of you know put together and not really losing it and at the end of the phone call you know we see him start to break a bit but I mean what yeah. a, what could you do in that situation especially because you've just been given this thing that just has deceased stamped on it and so obviously that's a shock but like what a there's never a good way to find out but what a and terrible he, he can't way to find out he can't openly mourn
1: or talk to anybody about it.
2: No. Yeah. All he can do is be like, oh yeah, we were close. We worked together one summer. But he can't. Not that Ennis is much of a talker to begin with. Mm-hmm. But even if he wanted to, there's no one he can share this, is this why... with. Oh, oh my God. I, <laughs> no, I'm
0: sorry. I was just going to say, ahead. this is why everyone, especially men, need therapists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We should all we should be open all be about our feelings, our feelings and have somebody that you can trust to talk to and, I don't know, work through some stuff. What if they, what he had someone he could Hi. work through this stuff with?
2: I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kristen. Oh, I was just going to say how I was so mad. And, you know, maybe the dad was just, uh, Jack's dad, was being rude because he you know, Jack thought he was too good for the family plot, or maybe Jack's dad su- or suspected that there was something between Jack and Ennis, just based on the way he was like, oh, Jack used to talk about, you know, going up with Ennis Del Mar, and... I don't know, but when he was like, oh, no, his ashes are going in the family plot. They're not going up to Brokeback Mountain. If I was Ennis, I'd be like, you got it, sir, absolutely. (laughs) Wait until Nightfall, break into the house, steal the ashes, and be like, no, it was his final wish to go to Brokeback Mountain. So he's going to Brokeback Mountain. And I... I was hoping
3: that there would be just some turns sort into of scene. A heist movie.
2: You know, we we saw <laughs> not not even a heist movie, and there would be there would be no time for this to have happened. But when we saw Ennis come downstairs after visiting Jack's room, and he had his and Jack's shirt all balled up, um, and we saw the mom put it in the bag, and it seemed like it sort of lingered. And I think we're just supposed to be like, oh, it's the shirts. But part of me was hoping that there was like a way she secretly like <laughs> put the ashes in a little Ziploc bag and like pass them off to be like please fulfill my son's wishes or even if it isn't all of the ashes just like some of them I don't know it was it was very distressing to me that not only could Jack not be with who he wanted and then he died this horrible death but now his one final wish to go to Brokeback Mountain could not be fulfilled and. Uh, on top of just an already sad movie yeah. that broke my heart even more. Yeah. Like I was ready to go through the TV and be like, <laughs> Ennis, stay here. We are getting these ashes. Hold on. <laughs> just whacking the parents out with like a shovel or something.
0: Yeah. What a what a downer of a movie.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, we should also talk about Alma oh, for yeah. a second before even
2: we oh.
1: move
0: on to the, the next movie. episode. Because Alma's really and important. And everybody forgets as well. about
1: Alma.
2: She Poor is. Alma. Sorry, like, Alma.
1: I feel so bad for her. Like, when uh, when she's like, hey, I want to use protection, and Ennis is a dick about it, and it's like, oh, you don't want any more of my kids? And she's like, I'd have them if you would support them. Like, yeah! I feel you! That's a valid, that's a valid feeling to have! Yeah. You know? And then Ennis doesn't want any more kids because he doesn't Want any more connections to this life, and then he deals with it in a very stereotypical, manly way because that's the kind of environment he was raised in. He's like, Oh, you don't want to have my kids, and like, uh, and this is a dick to Alma, and it makes me really, really sad. It's really sad. I'm happy that she got to marry the nice grocer, though. Like, they seem like me they've too. Had a nice little life, and, and he yeah. took in the girls, and yeah, you know, she's having a, a new baby, I think, and and uh, yeah, yeah you know, like, like. I'm happy that she eventually said, hey, you're not doing right by me. We're getting a divorce. I'm moving on I like to... to things that are better for me. Like, that's good for Alma.
2: Good for Alma. And I do like, even though it was a, an awkward Thanksgiving dinner, and then, you know, she like mentioned that she knew about Ennis and Jack, and mm. that did not go well. I was still, part of me was still, like, touched that they bothered to invite him for Thanksgiving, because even though things clearly weren't good, and maybe it was just for the benefit of their daughters, but it was like, here's a man who clearly is lonely, and we don't want him to spend Thanksgiving alone, so, fine, he can come here. It's so cute that they invite him. it was just very, like, wholesome. It's clearly tense, but they did it anyway, and almost seems like a good person, so I'm glad that she got to be with the nice grocer. And yeah, like you said, was like, hey, no, this relationship isn't working. Peace out. It's yeah. just it's so sad
1: when she's like, and the book does a better job of explaining this, but I really like that they kept in the smoke line when she says like, hey, bring me back a pack of smokes in an effort to make him come back sooner. And he says, oh, there are smokes in my shirt in the dresser drawer or whatever. And then um, he comes back. And is like, oh, we're going up to the mountain for a day or two. And um, kisses her and the kid goodbye. And she starts crying before he's even out the door, but he doesn't notice. And, it oh, God, it sucks. Like, that was a thing that she had to, live, like, you know, process. and
2: It sucks, too, because, mm-hmm. like, even if her and Ennis weren't, like, in a great spot in their marriage when she found out about him and Jack, you know, there's a difference between thinking... Oh, my husband and I love each other. It's just we're, it's things have kind of like fizzled or we hit a rough patch or something He's versus a man. realizing like he is in love with someone else. And the way yeah. that he kissed Jack was probably a way that they have not interacted like truly with passion in a while. And I'm like, wow, yeah. that is. That sucks because you just sit there and you rethink... And she knows that they've been... That they worked together however many yeah. years ago. So she just is probably replaying those four years in her mind. Like, oh my god, this entire time I thought we were a happy married couple. I thought he loved me and maybe he does. But this certainly kind of changes how you view things and that sucks. And then they're still together for several more years and she yeah. just knows this. Yeah, It's hard. It's hard. And, like, um,
1: before before she even knows that they're a thing, when he's, like, going to come visit, she's like, oh, we could get a sitter. We could take him out to that restaurant. And, like, she keeps suggesting things to do with her involved, and Ennis keeps brushing her off, like, Jack ain't the restaurant type. And, like, that makes sense, of course, that Jack is doing – Jack, that Ennis is doing that. But, like, uh, it's, it's just, like – it's so uncom. Everything is so sad, and uncomfortable. And there's no. <sighs> <sighs> Everything is sad. Everything is sad. Everything is sad. Alma, all. <laughs> like, <laughs> Alma's story is probably well. Obviously, Ennis and Jax is the saddest because they can't be together. But like, I feel so so bad for Alma. Just. Yeah the whole time yeah
0: but she hopefully has a a reasonable life with the
1: yeah with with the grocer like she is that his name
0: i think so yeah he's he's really nice
1: yeah i like i like that he i think does the book specify that it was his idea to invite ennis for thanksgiving or did I make that I, up?
0: I don't remember. I don't remember.
1: Because I feel like something yeah, was mentioned about sure. how it was him who was like, does Ennis have anywhere to go? Yeah. See, that's it might, so it nice. Might be.
2: And he didn't yeah. have to. Like, that's his new wife's ex-husband. Yeah. And they have, like, a kid on the way. And all these other things. And he didn't have to do it, but he did. And I'm emotional.
1: So at least they presumably are having a good life. And, like, a I feel like... Life now. <laughs> A better life she did her best with her with her girls i love that both of the children both junior and jenny uh never stop crying when they're like baby babies like every scene they're in they're just wailing the whole time uh she did her you best enjoy with seeing them children cry no it's just really funny i really like when he uh he goes into the bedroom where they're both crying and he leans down to kiss Um, the older one and she starts screaming even louder as he leans down to kiss her I don't know, it's just, it's funny because kids don't know what they're crying about yeah well, on that note should we talk (laughs) okay
0: should we talk about the next episode?
1: yeah Yes.
0: who knows what we're crying about alright for next time meet jennifer she's dead but jennifer decided to leave her remains to science and her boyfriend francois a high school dropout working in the morgue spends his nights talking to her while he waits for her to be dissected by some med school class somewhere he realizes his relationship with jennifer has only grown stronger after her death and he's able to open up to her about things he was never able to tell her before and he starts to dread the day when she's taken away from him So one night, he decides to take matters into his own hands, stuffing the body into a cooler and rolling it to his car after his shift. It's winter, and she stays nice and frozen out in his yard, but spring is coming, and with it, the end of their relationship? It's a heartfelt, romantic, dark comedy about enduring love, and it's Jennifer's Body, our next movie.
1: Oh, I don't I'm know anything David. about this one. We will <laughs> this see how close my you favorite get. I I also haven't seen Jennifer's Body, which is possibly why this summary is my favorite one so far. It sounds great. Yeah, I, I,
2: I have I, seen I, it, but it's been many moons.
0: Yeah, I'd never even heard of it before. But Martha from the Did You Do Your Homework podcast, yeah. with whom we've done a couple of crossover episodes. Um, Martha's requested it a few times now on Twitter. And it's finally time.
2: Woo! Jennifer's this body. For
0: you, Martha.
2: Yeah. We're gonna watch it. Gonna watch it.
0: We're gonna watch it, and
2: we're gonna see how Francois does. We're yeah. gonna
0: see, see all about Francois, and and their, Jennifer's or, body. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Just <laughs> more sad relationships. <laughs> yeah, we'll or do something. They? We'll do something fun after this yeah. one. If, if Jennifer's we'll... body isn't fun, maybe it's a romp. He could maybe very well...
2: Just, maybe it's just Brokeback Mountain again. Like, literally, they just... <laughs> Someone else named Jennifer who's in it for, like, two seconds, and then they're like, but actually, it's just Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> it's yeah. just Jack and Menace.
0: Yeah. Alright. Well, that is the end of Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> And um, until next hope time. you enjoyed it. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Until next time. So long, Hallie.
2: Oh, yeehaw, David.
0: <laughs> good night, Kristen.
2: I'm pissed. I was going to say yee too. So, you know, I'll <laughs> with it. yee David. Good
0: night. Howdy. <laughs> and, uh...
2: <laughs> Ha-yee. <laughs> uh,
0: good night, listeners.